Hey, this is Mike Zwick from If Not For God podcast. Our show, Stories of Hopelessness Turned Into Hope. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here now. Welcome to Masculine Journey After Hours. And we are talking about legacy this week. And, you know, I wish we could record in between the shows. Because, you know, sometimes I think we leave so much there. That's how this podcast started. That's true. I mean, honestly, that's how the after hours started is because we said, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on after hours that we, you know, the, the, the machine gets primed for the regular show. And then after hours, we tend to go a lot deeper and. And man, wouldn't it be great if we could share that with our listeners? And That's so true. now, okay, this podcast is going to have to go back to forty-seven minutes. We're just going to have to start taping. You know, the between moment the, the mics go off, yeah, yeah not after yeah. hours. Between, yeah. between the shows, yes, it'll be a. You know, I don't know. We'll have to come up with another bunker. The whole nine yeah, yards. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But legacy, you know, we did talk a lot during the break between shows. For you don't know, we 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 take about a seven-minute, ten-minute break between the shows and come back and honestly there's a lot we discussed during that time mm-hmm. you know there's a lot that comes up that, that god prompts in our heart mm-hmm. you know and that's really what becomes the after hour show is what's god working on our heart on this topic right now right sometimes we get a little healing between yeah. the time we get a little um uh vision yeah vision of warfare anyway yeah yeah and we get to see how it's affecting others and and all that kind of stuff so it's a it's just a blessing to be in this group, you know. I mean, we've got what seven guys in the studio tonight, um, and any given night we'll have anywhere between four and ten, mm-hmm. probably. And so, um, it's just a cool time. It is. So, a question that like I like to do, I guess I never prompt you guys for, but what's God working on your heart right now on this topic of legacy? For me, it's. Uh, it's raising some grandchildren um, and and continuing to love on my children. Um, my son and my daughter, who I'm both extreme, extremely proud of both of them. Um, they do amazing things in life, and, and it's not always easy for them. Um, it mainly has to do with their father wounds, I'm sure. Uh, but... You know they're they're both overcoming that and allowing Jesus to speak into that and get some healing. But uh, you know my son is a great father and a great husband, and my daughter is a is a great mom and a and a great wife. And um, and I, I want to continue to honor them in that. But but you know now there's grandchildren. I have six grandchildren, and so um, loving on them. And one of them lives with me full-time and so trying to not be the same dad i was for you know my two children which i I was a different dad for my daughter than i was for my son i mean and it's it's pretty obvious to them and it's obvious to me um and they point out regularly as we talked about in the show that i'm a different father you know to my grandson 
Um, and they both always go, if I'd have done that, you'd have killed me. Uh, you know, well, oh, you're right. I would have. But I'm not that guy anymore. And Carson's not you. So shut up. Um, so. <laughs> and I still may. The, the day's, <laughs> that's right. The day's not over. That's yeah. right. So anyway, so that's where I'm at right now is is trying to do that and having you guys around me is helpful with that because I, I want Carson to have time with each one of you guys, you know, separate apart from me. Um, I want that to be part of my legacy is that I arranged for him to have good mentors around him. I arranged for him to have people in his life that when I'm not around or even if I am around, that they can speak goodness and love and mercy and justice into his life um, and give him a, a foundation that's much broader than the one that I could lay down by myself. One of the things that happens at boot camp is the new name. And that's when, uh, like in one of the covenants of silence type areas where we try to find out, well, what does God call call me? I, I think he called me loyal. That's something that has been very important to me for a long, long time. And quite some years ago, I I was thinking about, well, what would I want on my tombstone? And I thought he was there when I needed him. I couldn't think of anything that I would rather have said about me than that I could be depended upon when needed. And uh, taking people to the airport, taking people to the hospital for treatment, uh, being there when somebody's having surgery, it really killed me that I couldn't Sitting be there with Sitting in the car Gaither. with Jan and um, trying to think of my friend's name all the way back to Durham. You were there, Harold. Clay. Clay, <laughs> Clay yeah. Clay. Clay's probably uh, listening right now. Yeah. He knows that there was there was some talking going on there between the seats, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's the, the willingness to drive two hours, an hour and a half. So, you know, to me, thinking about legacy and I'm probably if things go the normal route of humankind, I'll probably be leaving mine before the rest of you guys, since I'm the oldest guy in the group. But you never know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think legacy is important because it can become a goal that can drive the actions that you take. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I feel about legacy. Yeah, I did notice you looked at me when you said you never know if it's going to be you or not. <laughs> you looked like right at me. I'm like, thanks, Harold. Appreciate that. Man. Uh, the, you're absolutely right. For me, I, I think about each of my kids, and they were all raised by a different dad. Yes, they were all me, but I was at a different place. You know, and my boys got the biggest benefit because, you know, that's when God really stepped in, really between my girls when they were around and they were little and my boys when they were little. God did some real healing in my life and really changed me in a lot of ways. And I, I really do believe I'm a lot different father to, to Eli, even than I was to Caleb, even though there's six years difference, but definitely than there is to Rachel or to Sydney. And so as I think back of this legacy, uh, part of it is what, what was I like in their lives to the best as I can see? And God, how, how do I need to love them now to kind of overcome some of that? <laughs> you know, how do I how do I leave the legacy I want to leave that he was a loving man, that he was there for me, that he did care about me. At the end of the day, I know dad accepts me for who I am 
you know, the things that really are important to my heart, how do I now go build that in my relationship with this child uniquely and this child uniquely? And I, I think about, you know, I'm not the spring chicken in here anywhere. I'm 64 years old. And, and like you guys, I was a different dad, also a different grandparent. However, you know, those scars are, are still there mm-hmm. from healing that I didn't get clear up to this last boot camp. Because the last boot camp, you, you've heard me talk either on the show or on a Christian car guy about the agreement that I had that I was a disappointment. A- and somehow or another, you know, I, I can now see in one of my children where they have completely adopted that and, and I can actually see the warfare of Satan speaking into that so I can see, oh, this is interesting, that what they are perceiving is not even real, yet they too have bought into the agreement that I had made um, many, many, many years ago and carried with me into my 60s. And so, wow, now I have an opportunity to not only speak into that agreement, but even share my own story of how I saw that in my own father and how it just simply was not true. And, and, and fortunately, God poured into me through you guys, mm-hmm. literally. Um, at this last boot camp, on all sorts of different fronts, praying for me, speaking into that, and, and knowing me, you know, at that point is, is loving me well so that I will be in a position um, to speak through that with the kids. And I, and I think, oh, my goodness, I bet you there's a whole bunch of these <laughs> that, that, you know, I've passed on to the, you know, a legacy I didn't want, but, but now I have an opportunity that God's given me the grace to see things that I can work on very specifically of agreements that I had made that I can see my kids have fallen into the same thing. Yeah, I, I look at some things and I realize it can't be, <clears throat> there's no silver bullet. No. Right, I can't you know, buy them the perfect Christmas gift and all of a sudden they're going to say, oh, dad was wonderful, right? Can't take them on the special trip that, ch- that fixes everything. Can I do those things in addition to those? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it's the daily decisions. It's the in the moment. It's when I don't feel like doing something decisions. When I'm tired from work and, and Eli wants to do something or Caleb wants to do something or Sydney wants to talk, Rachel wants to talk, whatever that is, that I take time to be present because I really, really like to check out. You know, I, I almost feel like I've earned it throughout the day and it's going to take me being intentional to engage. That's that's not true. Well, I, I mean, yeah. can I not check out at the end of the day? Have I not earned it? When everybody else goes to bed. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Now, I want to speak into what Ravi was saying um, a little bit and, and, you know, piggyback on what he was saying, but use his story as an example without his permission. But um, if you're listening right now and you've read scriptures like the sins of fathers will be visited on the third and the fourth generations, this is what we're talking about. It's that exact the, the agreement that I'm a disappointment to my father. Um it's not necessarily the sin of adultery, although it could be, or the sin of alcoholism, although it could be. It's not those always, it's not those horrible, socially unacceptable sins, okay? More than not, I would say it's this type of thing. It's a generational curse that I'm a disappointment or 
um, I'm I'm dangerous. I hurt people. Um, and when you act out of that, there is no way that Satan um, isn't going to take that and use it. And and so if you're young, if you're almost 80, like Harold, 79, but I, you wear the I mean, I'm, I'm thinking you're probably pretty proud of being almost 80. So um, even if you're 64, if you're 55, if you're 32, don't look at it and go, well, it's too much. I can't overcome that. I, I can't undo all that, you know, the generational curses that I've pronounced upon my kids, knowingly or unknowingly. Um, most of them, I would say unknowingly, but but there's probably some knowingly. Um, when you knowingly commit a sin over and over and over again and it affects your children, yeah, it, it's probably going to be visited upon them as well. If you're struggling with pornography and you continue to do that, don't be surprised when your child is also struggling with pornography or struggling with sexual addiction or struggling with adultery, when you let Satan in the house like that, he's going to beat the crap out of you and your family um, because you've let him in in that way. But then there's these this other category of, of the agreements that I've made that I don't even know about. But I love I love the way Robbie handles that. Um, and has handled that in saying, wait, I'm 64 years old, and that's an agreement I've been living with my entire life, or as long as I can remember, but I'm not going to let that be my legacy. And I, and it's not too late to begin to affect it in the next generation. Um, there are things Jesus has to undo that I can't undo, but being willing to go there with him is huge instead of just being defeatist and saying, well, uh, it's just, it's too much, too much water under the bridge. Yeah. And I think it's key that you obviously have to walk with him through it because you have to say, okay, God, Jesus, how do I step into that? How do I speak into that? How do I not be the voice of the enemy in that? Right. I mean, how do I avoid certain things or how do I engage in certain things or how do I handle it today in this moment? Not even today in this minute. Because it may, ch- it may change in 15 minutes. And it's absolutely critical that you walk with people that are authentic. In other words, had I not been sitting there listening to Rodney talk about his agreement and, and Sam over talking about in the warfare talk his agreement and, and men that are willing to stand up there and say, I struggle with pornography, just think where Jerry Falwell Jr. would be right this minute had we just gotten him to a boot camp. Exactly. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> and... and, and that's, Had he allowed some authentic people around him, right? He wouldn't have to be where he's at right now. No, no, I, I, it's, it's a crying shame that that we need people around us that are sharing their real struggles. Like Paul would say, you know, this is this is my weakness, and so I'm going to boast about my weakness so that Christ will come in and be the hero. And because you guys boasted about what you were, what what your struggles were, you know, I can over the last you know, 12 years or how long it's been, oh my goodness, the healing that's been available. And because of that, yes, it, it, it transfers over to so much what your legacy is and what your children get a chance to benefit from. And your wife, you know, in, in my case, I can't tell you, you know, how I see my agreements and whatever are affecting her daily. And again, the struggles. You know, one of the things I think is really cool that I hadn't thought about, but one of the legacies I'm really excited that 
that's happened because of you guys, because of the ministry, is I at least know my boys will never watch a movie the same way. <laughs> they'll never watch a TV show the same way because they'll both, you know, we've been watching something or I even get a text say, hey, you got to watch this at this part because there's a great clip on this, on warfare, on, you know, sonship, on whatever. That's a legacy. Mm-hmm. And I promise you they're going to teach their kids that. Mm-hmm. You know, that God's story is through that. And so that's one thing I'm excited about hey, you know, with your guys' help, I probably got that one a little right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, going back to something you said, we live in a microwave world. Mm -hmm. We want the quick fix, the there's got to be an app for this, Mm -hmm. you know, something to that effect. (laughs) And and so, but, but what we end up with is the discipline of, okay, I've seen this agreement, I've seen this behavior, what do I do differently? You know, having come out of addictions and the the good news is is that those negative things we pass on, we also pass on good things. Mm-hmm. And the uh, I did a whole series. The guys in the ministry I used to be in, they used to roll their eyes when they would see an acorn because I studied an acorn, and it takes ten years for an oak tree to produce acorns. So fruit doesn't come quickly. Was the point and. They wished I would have made the point much quicker, but you know, yeah, isn't there an app for this? You know, <laughs> but anyway, that's that's what I think about is you know when I look at my wife, when I look at my kids, and I go, hey, this takes some input, this takes some pain and some struggle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as I look around the room, Harold, who's the oldest, is the one that's definitely in the best shape. Because <laughs> <laughs> I look, except for baby Rodney, you know, and I look around at the rest of us going. You know, I can, I can go out tomorrow and I can say, I'm going to go walk 30 miles, which I wouldn't be able to do. But if I walked a mile a day for 30 days, that makes a bigger difference. Yeah. Right? It's the same way with this legacy. It's what I do repeatedly over time and reinforced over time that makes the difference. It's not going to be the one big event. But also, you know, when it comes to fitness, you know, you tend to do what you love doing. Right? And so, from my standpoint, to be with you guys on Tuesday night, I absolutely love doing it. Amen. And so, you know, you know, that's the beauty of what God has had for us, and I think it's available for men everywhere. If if they begin to walk authentically, God will begin to provide people in their life to do that with, and then you're going to do it because you love to. It's it's like, do I love boot camp? Oh my gosh, would I not? Anybody who knows me knows I would not miss one. You know, short of. You know, the second coming. (laughs) Or the third. I I do think we need to caution a little bit about being authentic. It has to be in the the realm of walking with Jesus. Because being authentic just to be authentic, I know a lot of people that do that, and they're not real pleasant to be around. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some great comedians that have been pretty authentic, actually. Um, It's not healing their soul, and it's not helping very many others. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, being authentic in a – Grace-based, redemptive community um, is, it's the only way to survive this life. I mean, with Jesus, obviously, it's got to be grace-based. Jesus has got to be the center of it. And it's got to be an authentic community of people, redemptive community, where we understand the whole point of being in this community is to redeem each other. Mm-hmm. to redeem our own brokenness and to allow Jesus to redeem it more. 
and and to redeem each other and and is it hard yeah yeah it's hard we i mean we get on each other on a regular basis i mean there's not usually a month or two that doesn't go by that Robbie and I don't have a crossword with each other at some point. It's always his fault. But, yeah, I, I, I was trying to not scare the listeners, Sam. Um, but anyway, it's it, it's hard. It's, it's super hard. Um, but m- let's face it. Most people go to a church where there's not any of that authentic community. And if you lead a Christian university – or you lead a mega church, you don't have a safe place. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I'm creating a place right now. I mean, my homestead that I'm creating, the ultimate goal there is to have a place where a pastor and his wife, a ministry leader and his wife, whatever, can come there and hide out for whatever period of time and get loved on and get prayed over and get ministered to and it be a safe place. Um, the problem is, is if I go to every church in the country and tell them that story, well, when their pastor decides they want to go, what do they know? Oh, no, my pastor's broken. He's got secrets. Yeah, he's got secrets. Yeah. He's got something in the woodpile that we need to be worried about. Yes, he does. And if you hadn't figured that out yet, you're an idiot. <laughs> every human alive has problems. How do they you really do. feel, Derek? Well, I'm a little passionate about this one. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I mean, that's the problem is we, we've got pastors and leaders who are scared to be authentic because they're afraid of the cost of being authentic. It'll cost me my job. It'll cost me my kingdom. Sin will cost you your kingdom. But that's why you got to be part of a group you can trust because if you're a part of a group like this, you know you're not going to get shot in the back with an arrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if we do shoot you in the back, we at least pull it out. Yeah, yeah, intend to it. You know, that's, uh, I guess, if I would say this word, you know, we're just really an accountability group, you guys have all grown. All <laughs> right? Because that's not it. Accountability is part of redemptive community, but it's such a small part. Right? I mean, it plays a role. I wouldn't even say it plays a role, you know, to, to go on. Like, oh, man, please don't think that you need to report to me what in the world you looked at on the Internet and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I would hope that you would just feel like, gee, if I'm falling somewhere, I can tell my buddies and they are going to pray for me and not judge me, wherever that is. Right. But I think there's also, when I look at accountability, it's the way I would say it is speaking truth in love. Right, it's got to have the in love part with it, you know. That there's sometimes there's things that we need to hear that we are blind to. Yeah, you know, I'm not talking about I got a checklist. Did I read my Bible today? Did I do right. this? Did I do that? You know, did I? Yeah, I mean, that, we we hold each other accountable. Yeah, and it's usually hard. Yeah, I mean, it is because we have to pick up the phone and go, "All right, Sam, <laughs> this is the way you hurt me, and I love you, and I know you didn't mean to, but man, that hurt." And I mean, most of those phone calls come my way, but that's anyway. not true. You you actually <laughs> called you called me, and I know you called Robbie, and you had that exact conversation. And as a result of that, we became closer. Yeah, and things changed. Yeah, right. And that's what it needs to happen. And that's the love of Christ. Right. Christ didn't let things go. No. Uh, he didn't ignore things because it was going to hurt somebody's feelings. Now, 
he didn't always shoot from the hip either, which I've been guilty of most of my life. Um, and so learning to do it in the love of Christ is, is the, the you hip know, is the, a generous term step. too. Yeah. <laughs> I would choose another area, but that's just me. <laughs> well, you're usually in front of me, Sam. Sorry. God, that was after hours for that part. It is after hours, that's for sure. Well, back to legacy. You know, how does it, what we just talked about, that part tie into legacy? When our people around us see the change that's happening because we're part of a redemptive community, it hopefully creates a hunger for them to either be a part of it mm-hmm. or have their own. Mm-hmm. You know, that they realize, I can't do this alone. Right. You know, is there any surprise? And I think there is, but in the whole COVID thing, the depression's up significantly. Mm-hmm. Record highs. You know, suicides are really up. Mm-hmm. Domestic violence is up. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the lack of community that we were built and made out of community. Right. And this has driven us into isolation. Right. And not good things come from that. And sin does the same thing. Sin yeah. drives you to isolation, which is where Satan wants you. And the only way to get out of that isolation is to find a group of people who are wanting to leave the same legacy that you're wanting to leave, and that is a kingdom, a kingdom of God where Jesus reigns and redemptive things happen. There's there's nobody since Jesus that has made it out of this thing without sinning and blowing it badly. I don't care who you are. The difference is those who blow it badly and have a group of people around them to say, hey, that's that's not the legacy you want to leave, right? I mean, the legacy you want to leave is one of overcoming difficulties, not creating difficulties. Yeah, and part of what you were talking about with the head of university, the head of a megachurch needs a safe place. So is the head of a household, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you don't have that safe place, you may not be able to leave the legacy that you want to leave. You know, obviously the first part of that safe place is in, in the arms of Jesus, right? I mean, that's the first place we can go. But outside of that, having at least one other person that you can kind of give that to. Because, you know, if I don't, if I don't get rid of some of the stuff that builds up throughout the day, I know how I'm going to be when I get home. Right? I've got to find a way to get rid of those things so I can be more of the person I want to be at home to leave more of the legacy I want to leave. Yeah, and I think of my dad's funeral. You know, just for me, a really touching time of, like, here came all these men that laid hands on me and loved on me. It's one of the lowest points I can think of. You know, and, and here they were, yet there were so many people in that congregation and so many members of my extended family, like, going... Look what Christ did. They remember me when I was the lone wolf. Nobody would ever see any friends around Robbie. And 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 look what Christ has done. And and so, you know, there's an opportunity that, that God has for you with a band of brothers. And it also lets them see that, man, that's part of what's something I want. You know, I want to go do that. Go to maskandjourney.org, register for the upcoming boot camp. I know God's like, got something great there for you. I can't tell you what it is, but I know it's there. Maskandjourney.org. We'll see you next week. This is the Truth Network.